0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. About 17 years ago, during my very first year of ordained ministry at a little church in Mountain View, California, a man knocked on the door of the church office late one Friday afternoon. He wasn't a member of the congregation. He was just a guy who'd knocked on the door of the first church he found open that day. He was tall. He wore a beat-up old leather jacket, dirty ripped jeans, had long stringy black hair tied back in a ponytail. He didn't look so good. And I assumed he was looking for financial help of some sort. And since I was alone at the church that afternoon a 28-year-old little thing, (laughs) I decided he looked a little too scary to have him in the office by myself. So I said, it's such a nice day. Why don't we go out to the courtyard and have a little chat? (laughs) But it turned out he wasn't looking for money that day at all, and he wasn't in any way looking to do me any harm. You know what happens, they say, when you assume. You make an A-S-S out of you and me. As it turns out, this man, Steve, had come knocking on our door at church that day because his closest lifelong friend had just been killed in a motorcycle accident a couple of days before, a guy he had known since kindergarten that he had fought with in Vietnam who was as close as a brother to him, and he was grieving deeply. But his grief went even deeper than the loss of his best friend. And that is why he came to church. He said that as a child, he'd always felt close to God. He'd grown up going to Sunday school in a room with a picture of Jesus holding a child in his lap. And he'd often imagined himself as that child. As a child, he'd always felt that Jesus was there for him. Someone he could trust absolutely. But as he grew older... Over the years, he said he felt more and more distant from God. The intimacy that he'd felt as a child had faded, and he didn't know why. It wasn't that he'd ever stopped believing exactly. He still believed, but God no longer felt close and accessible. He no longer felt like a beloved child in Jesus' arms. His friend's death had been kind of a tipping point. What brought Steve to the door of the church that day was that now when he needed the intimacy that he once had with God the most as an adult, he could no longer find it. He wondered out loud that day whether maybe he'd gotten so caught up in himself, whether he'd done too many careless or selfish things in his life, that maybe God had withdrawn the love he once felt so sure of. As we sat outside in the courtyard that day, he talked and he cried, deep, wrenching sobs, like an abandoned child. And so once again, I felt like an ASS for having invited him out to the courtyard instead of into the privacy of my office. If we were able to take a poll here at St. Paul's, we'd probably find that many of us could look back on our childhoods or at some earlier time in our life and recall a profound closeness with God, at least moments of that, of an intimacy with God that maybe we haven't felt so often as adults. It seems that something very sad happens on the way to adulthood for many of us, the responsibilities of building a career of raising a family, maintaining a household, even giving of our time at church. These things gradually demand so much of us, so much time and energy that doing takes the place of being. We rarely stop long enough to simply sit and open ourselves up to the presence of the holiness that is above and in and through all things, as Paul said today. And And we are unaware that that presence is there amidst all of the busyness of our lives. Or perhaps our distance from God stems more from a conflict in our intellect. One of the first things I learned when we began investigating coming coming here as a place to live from Southern California is that there are more PhDs here per square mile than I think anywhere on the planet. We are a highly educated people. Yet the last time many of us sitting here, I'm just guessing, the last time we spent any significant time studying scripture was probably somewhere around the fifth grade in Sunday school, right? Maybe not for all of us, but for some of us that's absolutely true. And in the interim, we have learned a great deal about how the universe works. So now, as adults, all the pictures and understanding of our faith that we had last developed at fifth grade, um, just doesn't jive anymore with our vision of the universe or our experience of God, how God really works most of the time. And as adults, we've been distracted by many other things, or maybe just a little lazy. So we have just let this cognitive dissonance simmer and not worked out an adult comprehension of Scripture or of God who is behind it. For most of us, things have to make sense, at least mostly, before we can really believe them, much less put our whole faith and trust in them. So this, too, can be a barrier to our intimacy with God as adults. We're just not quite sure about all this, so we kind of believe, but we don't have an active day-to-day faith. As a result, some of us wander away from church for years at a time, and even those of us who've made a habit of church, if we're honest, still struggle often with what the Quaker writer Parker Palmer calls functional atheism. I know I've struggled with that. Functional atheism is what we practice when we believe in God in an intellectual way, but in the day-to-day moments of our lives, we act as if God doesn't exist, We make the vast majority of our decisions, form and break relationships and commitments, all without inviting God's wisdom to work in us and through us. Maybe we pray when we're desperate, or we pray when something goes the way we want it to go, and so we say thanks, but most of the time we live our lives by our own wisdom, or lack thereof, and God remains at the periphery of our lives. But then, and you, you know this as well as I do, if we live that way for very long, it leaves us feeling pretty empty. You may have a wonderful career, a picture-perfect family, good health, home of your dreams, or you may be spending all of your time trying to get those things. But if you are honest, whether you have achieved the American dream or not, there remains underneath it a longing for something more. In the gospel reading this morning, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In our reading from the same gospel last week, Jesus feeds a crowd of 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. This week, the crowds decided that they would like more of that kind of Jesus. Thank you very much. So they start following him around, looking for more of that kind of miracle, that kind that fills the belly. But Jesus tells them today, Look, guys, you're getting confused. The miracle wasn't the message. The message is not come to me and I will make sure you never go hungry in your belly again, or that you never go without all of the things you think you need. To make your life complete. That incredible miracle last week of enough in the midst of very little was meant to be a sign pointing to a much greater message about the unending gift of intimacy with God's eternal presence. In other words, if we connect ourselves like branches to a vine, another John image, to that eternal and everywhere presence of God, that unbelievable love and grace that we see in the flesh in Jesus, it means that whether we have little or have plenty of the bread that perishes, whether we are sick or well, whether we live or die, we have continual access to the only thing that ever Fills that deep down longing for more. And that is union or intimacy with God in Christ. Many people who walk through the doors of a church for the first time in their lives, especially as adults, or for the first time in years, like Steve, come hungry for a God they've turned away from or lost track of, and now fear they've lost forever. And those of us who've never left church, we also come through that door a little bit hungry, don't we? Otherwise, we'd stay at home and read the Sunday paper, go to the beach. We may be all prettied up, have a nice smile on our faces, look like everything's fine. But deep down, there is a hunger that brings us here. Hunger to return again to a simple, profound oneness with God that we knew as a child maybe better than any other time in our lives, and a hunger to let that be where we live from and serve from. Maybe that's why Jesus lifts up a child as the model of the truest human relationship with God. Whether we wander from God intentionally at times... Or just driven from him by distraction. St. Augustine said it most profoundly in his famous Confessions. He said, Our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. As Augustine pointed out first and maybe most articulately of anyone, it's as if Jesus hollowed out a God shaped hole in us when he came into our sorry world a space in our hearts that nothing else can fill but himself. As I sat that day back in 1998 in the courtyard of my church with this Vietnam vet biker dude, Steve, praying internally that God would give me the right words to say and the right things to do for him, the only thing that came to me was to say that maybe The intensity of his grief over a lost relationship with God was a good thing, because we only weep like he wept that day over someone we've loved deeply and who has loved us deeply. We only grieve the absence of someone that deeply when we've felt their love up close. I said that if he'd had that kind of intimacy with Jesus at one time in his life, then there was already a path worn between himself and God that could be cleared off and traveled once again. Another way of saying that is that in baptism, we are marked as Christ's own forever. If we feel distant from God, it is us who has wandered away. But if there is one thing that the Bible says clearly and unequivocally from beginning to end— It is that God's love for us is steadfast. God's compassion for us is endless. God's welcome for the son or daughter who has wandered away is without condition. All we need to do is to want him again. And he will run out with open arms to greet us and welcome us home. Amen.